Hi there, folks. This is WP Tonic, show 127. I've really been looking forward to this interview, folks. This is going to be, uh, I think it's going to be quite special. We've got James White, the CEO of InTouch CRM. How's things going, James? I'm good, John. Thanks. How are you? Not too bad. You'd like to um, introduce yourself and give a bit more background um, about InTouch CRM and um, just about the company in general. Just give a quick outline, James. Yeah, sure. Well, um, so I'm, I'm obviously the CEO of the business. We've been in uh, business for a number of years. We provide a, uh, a an integrated CRM and automating marketing platform for customers all over the world. Um, we've got a, just over 4,500 customers now in nearly, nearly 50 countries. And um, yeah, it's it's great for me to, to have a chance to get on the show, talk to you guys about some of the challenges businesses face on a day to day basis, and, and how uh, we in touch can help. Yeah, it's great, James. Uh, folks, we know obviously this is uh, aimed at the WordPress, but um, we do a kind of little mini series which I I call myself the entrepreneurs, and. Um, I just thought James would be an excellent guest. They um, they do integrate quite tightly with WordPress. I think you've got a WordPress plugin, haven't you? We, do. we have a WordPress plugin, and that works really, really well for um, clients that have websites, blogs, content on WordPress, um, and that, that want to then automate activity based upon that and it works incredibly well and it's a great it's a fantastic system folks so if you're um, looking for a crm yourself um i suggest you pop over and see what james and his crew got to offer now so like i say i thought your story that um the way you've built bootstrapped this company to some extent i know you our pre-show discussion you said you also got some investment but there's a lot of people a lot of our listeners that are entrepreneurs they do kind of wordpress plugins they do SaaS services themselves and you've been down that road and you've managed to build your company so i thought you're just a fantastic guest to ask some relevant questions james so you know um first of all how long has the company been in existence and secondly why did you start the business james so uh great and, and yeah very happy to help with it as you probably see i've got lots of gray hairs that have come from being through the SaaS journey as i call it so um so very happy to, to share some of my thoughts on that we've been in business for um 11 years um we celebrated our 11th birthday earlier on this september and um in terms of how i started it um Two reasons, really. I, I guess I, I was working in a business that I wasn't very happy in. I was the international sales and marketing director for a large IT firm, and I got fed up of corporate life and got fed up of the backstabbing. And the, even though the six-figure salary was great, I didn't like the quality of what was happening there. And I went to see a life coach. She said to me, um, so why are you doing what you're doing? And I said, well, I don't know. And she said, um, well, you do something yourself. And I said, well, I had a couple of ideas of what I wanted to do. And um, I spoke to a guy who had a platform. And uh, I said to him, look, I'm really interested in taking you know, a visual platform and trying to sell it to a group of customers. Are you interested? And he said, no, 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 I don't want to do that. So I had a mad idea of building my own. And um, the whole goal at the start, and my why, I still go back a lot to the power of why, what drives me is, you know, I used to meet lots of great small businesses. So they had a brilliant product and brilliant, brilliant service, but we're pretty to be honest, not very good at getting their message out there and communicating. And um, my goal all the time, and still is now, is to help those companies get what they do out to wider market, they can grow their customer base. 
That's great, James. So, um, on your the first couple of years are always the t- you know well I say that it's always tough, but um, based on your considerable experience, what were some of the fun? Looking back, what were some of the fundamental mistakes? you've made starting the company and what kind of general advice comes to your mind if you had a mentor and they were started on the same road as you what would be some key tips or pointers that you would give to them it's a really good question john actually and and i think um, there's probably two areas that i'd say to to focus on initially that i didn't do enough work on Um, the first thing is to do the planning business uh, really effectively um, and by that I mean really look at what it is what's the problem that you solve and what is the problem that you solve for someone and actually someone said to me another uh, a great analogy which I'll give to you guys is that when you look at a business um, businesses look at themselves and can be one or two things a painkiller or a business and actually sometimes it's really important to define what you are what is the problem that you solve for someone um, and who that group of people are so be very specific about your target set of customers and the niche that you work with and I think that's something certainly that I didn't do enough of early doors I was small business small businesses are great you have this idea that you can appeal to everyone but the reality is you take a lot of time and effort to do that so be targeted initially and do the right element of planning I had a friend of mine who recently sold a business for a um, number of million pounds and uh, in the early stages uh, he used to be up at five in the morning doing his business plan and doing this and have this religious business plan and I used to say to him you don't need to do that you're fine you're okay you're okay and as he said to me a couple of weeks ago when we went out for drinks to celebrate and selling the company he said am I getting up in the morning and doing my plan was right so, um, I think doing your planning knowing what it is that the problem that you stole and also then do the market Target are certainly fundamental things that any business starts in management. Yeah, I think that's great insight, James. Um, I'll just put this to you and love to get your feedback. Um, I also feel that a lot of startups, for very understandable reasons, um, concentrate on the technology and they tend not to. And uh, you could accuse me of this as well. Um, they don't really. Um, they don't really work out, which is linked to your, your last time about planning. They don't have a marketing plan. They have no idea how, how they're going to market, who they're going to market, um, how they're going to get traction. They they really have absolute... Or, or I've noticed um, they have very generalistic... Um, uh, plan of action i.e. we're going to go down the paid advertisement route or we're going to um, utilise social media it's very generalistic would you would you agree with that statement do you think that's also something you've got to be very uh, aware of how you're going to market the product yeah, you, you, you obviously have to work, work out where you're going to market your product. I mean, that's obviously, you know, somewhat, you know, as I've always said to people, if you're a business without sales, you're a charity. But the reality is that um, you need to focus on what it you do and how you do it. I guess the other thing, though, I think which is really important is that you're planning right. And if you become a real problem solver, you solve an issue for a certain group of people, marketing takes care of itself. Uh, and actually, a lot of people 
all through there had a bit of great drill and people learn to it. I, I always talk about our customers and people to be a tribe of disciples that talk about what we do and how we help them. And actually, if you've got people that use your product, you solve a real problem and your service will break and, and then they love what you do, then ultimately they'll be your marketing engine. That's a massive factor. It um, goes back to the idea of planning and being right for someone so you can make sure you're right for someone. The marketing one will also take care of itself and be the best with the referrals you get. That's how we've really touched the main Oh, that's great. Um, so you've um, recently um, added uh, a new element to the business called the Growth Academy. So maybe you could tell us a bit about the Growth Academy and why you decided to add this part to, the, to your um, In Touch the RM package. Yeah, so it's a really interesting thing, actually, John. So I, I've done it the hard way, and as you say, the grey hairs are there. I, I went, we started off when we started our product at nine pounds $9, around $13, $14 a month. And as Gail Goodman from Constant Contact says, um, you know, in SAS, they calls it the, so, the SAS slow ramp of death. And you have this, they're trying to show you, like, you know, where, where you literally have got your business going like this and you're building clients up and until eventually you get to a hockey stick effect. And, and, and we sort of saw a number of elements of that. And we started probably the wrong way, but, but, but we went after, you know, this model of lots and lots of small businesses, which is great and, and all works very well. One of the common things that we found from engaging with a lot of our customers is, and this is the same where, and I've seen it at com- companies that sell software at five thousand dollars a month, companies that sell software at five dollars a month, and that's that software on its own doesn't do anything. Actually, people love the idea of a software system; they make it work for them, but actually, unless they implement it or do something with it and make it happen, it just does nothing. It's not. I've yet to find a software system that I can buy that will suddenly mean that my business doubles or trebles in the next six months without me having to do anything. So, so, so one of the things, you know, if there is one, tell me, please, I'd like to have a look at it. But um, it, it generally requires input, it requires discipline, interaction. And it also requires um, generally some guidance and help to make it happen. And um, we talk to a lot of our customers. Our customers would come to us and say, can you give us some help, get started, get trained, get involved in things. And then they'd say, especially in automation, the idea of automation is I sign up on a website, Let's say I've got a, a, an ebook or a, a download on a WordPress site, and uh, I want to bring customers into the top of my lead funnel. And what I then want to do is I want to market myself to those customers over the period of the next however long, depending on my sales cycle, to make the basic make those customers buy. And a lot of people would say to us, "Well, I don't know what to say, or how do I set up this automation? I don't understand what I'm doing here. What does this do?" So in the end, we sort of got fed up of, of having to provide lots and lots of, of ideas and said, "Look, okay, we're prepared to add an additional service." Um, whereby we'll help you do this. And it's been incredible. We actually launched the Growth Academy on July the 1st. Um, and we uh, we were going to limit it to 35 people initially for the first phase, um, but we sold out, we stopped at 18, sold out. So that Growth Academy program is now sold out to November. So um, because capacity wise, we wanted to deliver an amazing service to those guys. But what we're now doing is helping the clients that we've got um, execute on what it is they need do. We still sell our product. Obviously, our, our core software product is still available for people to buy, but the actual Growth Academy has actually sold out. Yeah, I think it's um, in some ways you're kind of breaking every kind of unofficial rule of SaaS, but in the other way, I totally agree with you doing this, and I think it's an interesting hybrid model that you've decided now to go down. 
because I think the truth is, and I'd, I'd be interested to see if you agree with this, James. You, 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 it, you've got a, not technically, but you're dealing with. Uh, you offer a lot of value in your package. There's a lot of different elements to the package, and um, it's not one. You're not offering just one thing. You know, you're, you know, the outcome. You hope to increase your client sales, but you've got number of kind of sub tools which they can select. So um, they they are going to need because of the type of businesses they are that they are going to need a lot of training. So it was going to take a lot of onboarding, but instead of that becoming a major problem, you turned that into a um, looking for the right word a. Um, even better differential to utilize your product and company haven't you we have and, and also interestingly enough we've, we've generated a revenue stream of nearly two hundred thousand dollars uh in, in a year over the last um, six weeks as well so interestingly enough it's been you know a great opportunity for us to develop our business but but also the big driver behind it the big driver for me the biggest frustration my team will tell you that i have when you know, we have churn, sometimes clients leave us and we, that, that happens. When clients leave us and say it didn't work or I didn't, I go mad at my team and my comment generally, you know, what can we do? And then my support, my customer success team will say to me, oh, we tried to talk to them and tell them to do this and do this and do this and, and they didn't want to listen. And I sort of go, okay, well, that's just one of those things. And being honest, there are lots of routes to do, do things, um, but you don't buy a McDonald's franchise and then try and cook a burger if you you actually buy a McDonald's franchise and cook a McDonald's a, a, a burger in the way McDonald's suggested. And I think a lot of businesses, unfortunately, go through the failings of trying to do things, everything the way they think it should be done, rather than listening to the phone advice and structure and, and ways to do things. And uh, in, 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 in the scales of marketing process, up for, you know, people get it, you know, they, they end up doing things in the wrong way or don't do things the way they should do, which doesn't get them the results. And, and that frustrates me more than anything else. And that's why we decided to put the Growth Academy so that we could we could say, hey, let's put a stop to that. We want you getting real results. I've actually turned down four customers in the last six weeks who wanted to use the Growth Academy. Who I turned down and said, I can't help you. I can't make a difference in your business that I want to with my software and my team. Therefore, I'm not going to work. And they've respected us for that because actually they would rather me tell them that and then waste their money in three, four months, five months down the line, six months, and find that it's not giving the value. And I think that's a better way to run it. Yeah, I totally agree with you there, James. Uh, you know, obviously, if you're struggling, free, if you're starting your freelance career or business career and you need to pay your mortgage, um, you have to take whatever comes your way. But I think one of the key things of a more mature business is knowing the type of people that you can't help that aren't a really good fit and being able to refer them somewhere else rather than just taking them on. You're right, John, but actually I, I probably even disagree with you a little bit on the element of taking Chuck Oren, James. Well, the idea of when, when you're saying about, you know, paying the mortgage, it's the mistake I made. I, you know, I, I chased um, customers and scenarios that, that actually weren't right for me. Um, I, I, you know, and I, you know, I use the analogy a lot of time with our customers. You chase two rabbits, you'll lose both of them. Sometimes you, you don't want some customers. Sometimes, if you, and that goes back to the planning. If you've planned your product and, and, and your service in the right, and you've got a specific super niche, I call it, that you engage with and that offer, that you solve a problem, 
then actually you can also then start to define in that list who the people you want to work with. Part of that planning process is saying, who do I want to work with? Who are the people that I want to engage with? And why are they going to buy my product? And are there enough of them to buy my product? And actually, if you get those elements right in the planning, then actually you can turn down the people that aren't right. Because if you've done your planning and your research right, you know you're onto the right thing in the first place. So I think, you know, not, not trying to disagree with you that really too much no please do but, it makes, but, it makes the conversation much more interesting James I, I, I've had I've had customers that I've taken on when I was early in early doors that I've looked back after and thought they sent us down a rabbit hole for a period of time asking us to do something on our product but actually you know what we weren't it wasn't what we wanted to do so, I, I, but I do know the pressures trust me I've I've been in a position where I don't know how to pay my own mortgage, let alone pay my staff and whatever else. I've been through all of those stresses and strains. And if anyone wants to reach out to me through the blog or through the, you know, the podcast or whatever, I'll be very happy to answer questions and hopefully give them the motivation to carry on going, believe and keep learning. But because you will get there eventually, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm testing that. Yeah. I've been through it and I know what it's like. Um, before we go to our break, James, I've got one final question before we go to our break. Um, of all the clients, you know, you deal with a lot of small business clients what are one or two of the major problems mistakes that you regularly see your user base uh, making um, when it comes to marketing their business you know is there any patterns that you've observed that you'd like to share yeah two things i guess in marketing or one thing in certainly in marketing two things in marketing and one thing in sales and um, first thing in marketing um it's very much um being a position where you know people say to me i've got a website and i say to them so what i say it's like having the best christmas lights but living in the middle of the country the countryside unless no one comes to your website it isn't going to matter so actually you can have a brilliant wordpress site or site whatever you use but unless you drive traffic to that site then firstly what's going to matter as a result of it second thing to that i say is once people get to your website what are you going to give them what are you going to give them that actually makes them want to engage with you and unless you can show some value or show something that's going to make them go that's of interest then actually they're not going to do that and if you but if you do provide some stuff of interest or value or content or information that helps them then, then they will engage and the third thing then from a sales perspective is follow-up i see so many businesses more than i care to remember who follow up the first time maybe follow up the second time but that stops and what they are rubbish at doing is following up the third the fourth the fifth the sixth the seventh the eighth the ninth the tenth the eleventh the twelfth time until eventually a customer says i'm not interested leave me alone and even then i'll go back and say can i ask why even though and i don't mean to try and get to annoy people but it's because that follow-up process is most of the business is done on the fifth to the twelfth interaction not on the first to the fifth so it's about that follow-up process and doing that in the right way so those are my three elements i guess would be my three things that most small businesses that i talk to don't do well at all if i'm on a mission to do one thing john is to try and get those three things um, uh, embedded in people if they change that they've got a real chance of success that's great james so we're going to our break folks we'll be coming back and we'll be asking james some more fantastic questions like i say this is a fantastic opportunity to speak to a real experienced ceo and um it's just been great i've really enjoyed the interview so far we'll be back in a minute folks Buying or selling a home in the greater Reno-Tahoe area? I know the best CRS real estate broker, and that's Karen Conrad. And you can find her at karenconrad.com or call directly at 775-527-7021. 
We're coming back, folks, and um, we're talking to James. Um, and um, John, would you like to take over and, and ask James some questions? Absolutely. Uh, you know, earlier Jonathan mentioned uh, that you kind of have a unique f- feature when people um, sign up for in- the InTouch CRM. You have the Growth Academy, which which is a lot of uh, videos and, and kind of mentoring and just showing people how to get the most success out of this tool. Whereas like a lot of SaaS products, they would just be content to sell people the tool and call it a day. Uh, you're actually providing like a lot of useful content. Uh, where did you get the idea to do that and what kind of difference has it made in the success of your customers? Uh, that's a great question actually. And in terms of what made me do it was um, I, I, I hate losing. I'm a salesman, I guess by background and I hate losing. But anytime um, I lose a customer, I'm sort of asking myself the questions why and, and we and um, we started to see, you know, churn is a natural thing for SaaS companies. But I started to see um, people, um, the, the growth, there was an area in, in growth for people not using the platform. And I thought, well, why aren't they using it? I used to ask the question and I didn't have, they didn't have time for it. They didn't understand it. or they didn't. And we spent a huge, and I mean probably probably three months, four months of development time on onboarding. And onboarding from the moment someone took a trial to actually then engage through the process. And we built a huge amount of intelligence into that. And we spent a huge amount of time. And even then, we then go through our trials. So we'd get probably, I don't know, three, four hundred trials per month in touch. And we'd actually monitor what people were doing in terms of certain activity. And yet, whatever we were doing in that onboarding trip, we wouldn't make in the quantum leap that I wanted. Um, it seemed that we couldn't, you know, do some of the stuff that we wanted to to get people to go, I get this fully and I'm going to go and just go and through it on my own. And in the end, it, it sort of became clear to me that it's because a lot of what we were trying to do was around the concepts of marketing and automation and business in general, not necessarily uh, just software-related. Um, I just thought, right, we need to change this. We need to, to approach this in a different route. And I guess the, the difference in my customers is the biggest satisfaction I get as a business owner when customers, I was with a customer today who invested with us in the Growth Academy and they're in their third month now, we started in July, and I've already seen four bits of business with them. We did some work with them today on it. So we set some targets as part of the Growth Academy work, and they've already gone halfway through that target list. And the guy's sitting there talking to me saying, I don't know why I didn't do this months ago, because he's seen a result in terms of the way in which his customers are now engaging with him. Um, he's got sales patterns and processes to follow. He's got automation warming up his 80% of people that are not quite interested maybe in his service quite at the moment. And the best satisfaction for me is seeing a customer smile at me saying that I'm making a difference in his business. And that, to me, is why um, it's, yeah, it's, the best. it's the reason why I get up in the morning and go to work. Because I'm just trying to do something my own self. Like, how can I help my customers if they've got and share it with them get the results? The results. No, and, and that's a really good point is uh, one thing that I noticed when uh, I did the, I, I walked through like your onboarding uh, just a little bit and there's there's a feature on your site, uh, the business accelerator test where you ask 22 questions to see how people are handling like their customer relationships, uh, how they're handling like their their marketing and, and seeing if they're a good fit for the InTouch CRM. And, you know, one of the questions, uh, you know, a couple of the questions we're talking about, like, you know, do you have time in the day? And earlier when you were talking to Jonathan, 
you mentioned one of the things that people fail to do is follow up with potential customers. They might follow up once or twice, but all the sales come in the fifth and through the twelfth interaction. And as far as like automation, you know, how does automation make a big difference in that in both freeing up the business owner to do other tasks and how does that make like a huge difference in their actual revenue? So I guess two things actually. Um, so once you set up an automation program, you know, firstly, unless you're the world's greatest memory champion, you're never going to remind yourself to actually call a customer at a certain point in time. So I spoke to a customer yesterday afternoon um, who said to me, call me back in a week, let's have a chat about it and what we'll do. Uh, and, and I've got a reminder, I put a, a simple automation program that has 10 tasks basically over the course of the next three months. So every week I will have a reminder to call that guy or to, uh, and include it in there as some email to go out to about what we do. So the first thing it does, it, re it uses it as a reminder. The second thing in answer to your question though, is I think the problem that most business owners have is that they assume that automation is going to do it for them. And actually that's the bit that I say for me it's not, but there are, will come a point in time where you have to pick up the phone, stroke, engage, whether it's an email or whatever that you use in the method to engage with that customer to do that. And I understand businesses, owners are busy, but one of the big things I think most people don't do is they don't schedule the right amount of time to do their sales activity, whether it's an act. And I try and make sure I have, um, today, you know, last couple of days I've been away for a few days with my wife on, 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 in, in, in traveling, but you know, I, I'm a bit frustrated because I look at my task list at the moment and I've got around 15 things that I haven't done, but I will make sure that I get them done either tomorrow morning or they will be done by the end of the week and I'll have the discipline to make sure I do it. So. I guess in answer to the question, you can make a difference and you make the difference by providing the right resources and help and reminders and prompts and whatever to do something. But there is always a time where someone in the team, doesn't have to be the business owner, they can maybe delegate it to actually, you know, someone in their team or maybe they're bringing uh, an offshore person to help them with sales or however they do that process. Sometimes someone's got to pick up the phone and talk to someone and say, hey, how's things going? And, you know, are you in a position where you want to move forward? So, um, and I urge business owners to have that discipline from a sales perspective, to, even if you find it uncomfortable, just give yourself 30 minutes a day when you can at least try and make two calls or three calls. Because if you don't do it, you ain't going to carry on in business for very long. No matter what I do. Because ultimately, I can't make every call for my customers. I can't do everything. They've got to have some disciplines. And people think there's a silver bullet and a way to change it. No, there's not. But if you plan things right and you've got a great product and your service is good and what you offer is right for your customers, and you, they, they've searched about you, they've known about you, they've engaged with you on your website, you've captured information, you've seen what they've done, clicked on emails and blogs and whatever else. Sometimes you just pick up the phone, talk to people and just say, hey, how's things, how's things, where are you at with things at the moment? Can I help you with anything that you're looking to do? Whatever, have that conversation. Um, and I don't think enough business owners are discerned enough about doing that. No, and it, I have my own personal saying, that says when you're the busiest, that's when you need to step on the gas the hardest Yeah. because you're, when you're getting busy, that's when you're reaping the rewards of your marketing efforts that you did a few months prior. Yeah. And when you, when you're busy, you need to be setting up the, you know, the sales for the next period uh, for sure. Uh, so, you know, one of the things that I, I was reading on your site as well was had to do with triggered email. Um, you know, how is triggered email different from, you know, typical email blasts? 
where people are just like sending stuff out and, and what advantages does that have over traditional email marketing? It's a great question again. And, 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 and the answer to the question is about relevance. So if you look at the biggest um, search engine marketing system in the world, Google, um, they reward, and you guys know this from a WordPress perspective, people get rankings higher on sites. Google rewards relevance. And email marketing is actually the same. If you're relevant to people and engage with them in the right way, then you will get a better result. And the analogy I use with, with customers is, is a pet owner. And I've got pets. I don't know if you guys have got pets or people out there. But if you're a pet uh, and you're a vet, sorry, and uh, and you you know, there's a big difference between a, uh, a dog and a budgerigar or a, let's say, a fish, a goldfish. I'm a, I'm a pet owner, but I own a dog and I own, a, 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 let's say, a budgie or a fish. And actually... The reality is, and if you send me information as a pet, as a vet, as a pet owner in general, I'm okay, that's okay, it's quite interesting. But if you know, you happen to know that I've got a dog and my dog is a, uh, let's say, a Labrador, and uh, that Labrador is called Spot, and actually you engage with me in a way that says, hey, Mr. White, we'd love you to come in and bring Spot in for, for his annual checkup. And then the email says, by the way, dear Mr. White, because we know that, you know, you've got a, a Labrador called Spot, and by the way, I haven't, but you get the idea, then actually I'm more likely to go, do you know what they know about me? That's really relevant, actually. That's fair play. They, they know a bit more, and I'm more interested in it. And it's the reason why we also combine the CRM aspects with email marketing, because a lot of the information that's relevant there is what you know about someone, what you know in terms of who they are and what they do. And to that analogy I just gave, if you send out that general email, you maybe get a certain response and activity. But if you actually send out a specific targeted email to the dog owner, maybe even the, the, the Labrador owner, it depends on how level of granular you want to become, then you're A, more likely to get a better response. And B, where triggered-based emails can then make a difference is if I send that out through a general email and the black Labrador owner uh, clicks on that link, what I can then do is say, hey, because I know that they've clicked the link related to the Labrador, I can send them information that's specific to a Labrador owner and know that can be triggered as a triggered throughput. And, and the idea behind that is I'm sending information which is relevant to them and of interest to them. And you send stuff to people, things that are of interest to them, that they like, they engage with, because they've got you know, a, a black Labrador or, or whatever it is, you're going to get better results. And, and, and that's the simple answer to it. Email marketing is no longer about blasting. It's all about relevance. Right. Nobody wants to get blasted. They want to feel like you're talking directly to them. Um, exactly, and also you can, and, and by by doing that, you can also take people on a journey. So we talk to people about you know stages in the funnel, and actually move them through funnel one to stage two to stage three, or by just actually, and that takes planning, and that's what we've been doing with the Growth Academy. It takes a bit of thought and takes a bit of working through, but actually you can take people on a journey through step by step by step, um, by what they do as a result of the actions they click on and the actions they take, and and that when you see the end result that as a customer saying, hey, well these guys really understand me and I'm, you know what, I'm going to give them a call and have a chat with them. You're moving them through that process. And that's the difference again of achieving, you know, getting results and, and, and not. Oh no, definitely. Like you're building trust because you're, you know, you're speaking to them and they feel um, like you're, you're understanding them and, and yep. you're taking them on the journey that you're planning. Uh, so that, you know, totally leads me into a great question. And uh, you know, when you're talking about uh, email marketing and, and you know, you can have pet owners. One owns like a dog. One owns like a fish. They're totally different segments. How important is segmenting in your email marketing? How important is it to have segments? It's, it's essential, John, and it's a real uh, key thing. It's, a, it's an essential thing, not just in your email marketing, 
but also encourage it to people in their forms on their website. So if you're, uh, you know, especially on, you know, we've got um, we've got actually a site called Unreal Homes, which is a demo site we set up with uh, on WordPress, whereby we talked about types of kitchens or bathrooms that we were offering. It was a dummy site. You can have a look at it for free. It's unreal-homes.com, I think. Um, and the idea behind it was that we we encourage the users to tell us what they're interested in, and we then market based upon that. And, and segmentation is really, really essential. If you've got the right segment of people that you're engaging with, um, and you target your message at that level, um, then you, you'll do well. If you if you don't, then, then the chances are you'll get people unsubscribing and engaging. And sometimes you can have a house list. We have a house list, and we engage and we try and share lots of standard content with everyone. But we also try and focus on what are the other areas of interest that people are really interested in. Our, focus and, and those are three things generally automation how to save time and make themselves more efficient marketing what do they need to do to market themselves more efficiently with email marketing and sales how can you how can they get better at closing business and we try and if we can in our business put people into those three camps what's of most interest to them um because if you don't do that you're generally going to get more unsubscribes and more people marking something as spam because they don't see it of relevance and interest to them uh, last question i think we're going to get for for the regular podcast i don't know how we are on time but um, I was, we were talking about, oh, one thing I wanted to ask you in your life principles uh, that, that you filled out for our bio sheet is, that intrigued me. You said if you're too small for the big jobs, or wait, if you're too big for the small jobs, then you're too small for the big jobs. I, I love that. And could you elaborate on that for just a second? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I guess I mean that in the sense of, you know, I, 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 there's no job I'd never ask any of my team to do that I wouldn't do myself um, because we leave from the front and whatever it is we've got to do. Um, when our cleaner's been off, I've, I've emptied the bins in our office. Um, I've made the phone calls. I'll deal support tickets. The thing I can't do, my, probably my development team wouldn't let me anywhere near it, is code because I'm not a coder by background. So that's probably a wise thing because I don't think my customers would want to see me code. But um, yeah, I just feel like you know sometimes people are too. And I was for maybe not so much, you know, thought, well, actually, you know, do I need to do this stuff? And the best thing sometimes is when I pick up the phone and talk to people, we say, oh, you're the guy that, I'm like, yeah, hi, how are you doing? And, and, and you get a real great surprise factor to it. So I, I love that factor. I love engaging in that way. And, um, yeah, I just think that there's no job in my business I wouldn't do. Um, and uh, I encourage all of my staff to feel the same way. We're about culture and about accountability and, and being able to do anything that do and that's what i mean by that it's about putting in the stuff that because when you then do the big stuff and the, the nice presentation and great jobs then, then you know you've been oh that's great i, I think um folks what we're going to do is we're going to end the formal part of the podcast here folks but we're going to continue um the conversation with james um, which you'll be able to find on the website with a full set of um, show notes, folks. So um, jump over to the website and you'll be able to hear more of this great conversation. Also, folks, um, please um, go to iTunes and subscribe to the show. That really helps us. And if you really feel up to it, give us a review. That's always great and um, it really benefits the show. I just also like um, to point out we do a, a live uh, round t- table show on um, Saturdays um, at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. We always have a great panel of WordPress experts. Um, before we go, John, um, how can people get hold of you, John? You can find me at my website, which is lockdowndesign.com, or you can follow me on Twitter, lockdown underscore. 
That's great, John. And James, how can people get hold of you and learn more about your fantastic product and company? Yeah, no worries at all. We, um, we're on the intouchcrm.com um, is our website to take through to have a look at that. Um, take our business accelerator test, as John's mentioned. It's a really interesting test to see where your business is at and what you're doing from a sales and marketing perspective. All the key things. Also, I'm on Twitter. Um, we're on Twitter at intouchcrm and on Facebook at intouchcrm and YouTube channel intouchcrm. Get the idea. Everything intouchcrm. And then uh, on Twitter, if people want to follow me directly, I'm J.I.J. White. Or if you want to connect with him on LinkedIn, I'm also under there as J.I.J. White, J.I.J. White. So, um, you know, it'd be great to have a chance to catch up with people. And as I say, I'm always happy to answer any questions, ideas, provide advice if I can. Anyone that's going on the journey, um, I've been there and I know what it's like. And I'm here to help people with that process, even if they're a customer or not. not, It doesn't matter to me. I want to see people succeed. That's my that's my goal and uh, hopefully this, this will help people do that oh that's great james i really enjoyed the interview and it's been fascinating thank you so much for agreeing to come on the show so we're, we're ending the formal broadcast but um we'll be continuing the conversation on the website and so pop over and learn some more insights from james see you soon folks bye